What we're looking at today is taken from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat by the Lord's feet, listening to what she said, he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it must not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Robin. Um, A lot happens in those very few verses, doesn't it? Now, I feel like we could all relate to Martha in some ways. Um, I'm sure you're thinking, oh, that's, that's a little bit like me, what Robin was reading then. But I think, I think I win. I think I actually relate to Martha on a really, really deep level, on a different level to anyone else in this room. And I'd be willing to place a bet on it. Now, because... I know this because I um, have actually played Martha in a very, very prestigious acting role at my home church where my parents live when I was seven. Um, And I thought, actually, as a little half-term treat, you know, there's not many people here compared to normal, um, I actually thought I'd let you laugh at my expense uh, whilst also being blessed with this captivating retelling of the end part of this story. Um, The sound's not great because it was like... 2000 and whatever, um, but I look very cute, so enjoy. Um, but just at the end of the story, Martha's getting stressed and Mary is sat with Jesus. Thanks, Beth. It's fast for us to the meal won't be ready for ages. She fussed and worried over the big meal. There was flour in her hair and water all over the ground. And Martha was <laughs> 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 Everything is going wrong. Mary ought to be helping me. Martha hurried to find Mary, but she was talking to Jesus. Please, Martha, tell Mary to come and help me. I'm doing all the work. Dear Martha, you're worrying and fussing about all the wrong things. Mary has come and done the best thing. Stop cooking and come and talk to me. So Martha did just what Jesus said. And Martha and Mary had a lovely afternoon, talking and listening to Jesus. How happy Mary and Martha were to have Jesus in their lives. I joked, I do have like a Taylor's version. Uh, it's like a Louise version. There's like a three and a half minute um, version of the whole thing, if you want to see it. Um, but anyway, that's me. That's me. Yeah, it is Andrew. Anyway, um, I can't quite believe how sad I looked, Martha, as Martha sat at the feet of Jesus, kind of not really bothered that Jesus was there at all. Um, I think Martha did actually change in our story, and she does become in this place of worship that I kind of didn't capture that well. But anyway, I seemed mostly concerned with the flower in my hair, but um, just wanted to share that because basically I couldn't not. Um, but also, if you're kind of relating to Martha um, a little bit too hard this evening, um, same, so don't worry. Um, shall we pray uh, to get us back on track this evening? Lord, thank you that you are here. Uh, Thank you for this passage uh, and that you speak to us through your scripture. And Lord, we pray that you would be speaking to each of us this evening. Amen. Amen.
So are you a Mary or are you a Martha? Are you a Mary or you are a Martha? I think there's a temptation to ask that question when we come to this passage. Are you Mary or are you Martha? There's a temptation to attempt to put ourselves in the category of either of those sisters, either a worshipper or a worker, and to think that we can only be one or the other. But actually work isn't evil. Work is a God-given calling on our lives, which has been there since creation. We work out of worship for God. And when we realize that, we understand that we don't have to choose between the two. We don't have to pick, I'm Mary or I'm Martha. I'm a worker or a worshiper. We don't have to only be one who worships or one who works. We can work out of a place of worship. Because working hard for Jesus is not a bad thing. But Martha, she finds herself distracted from Jesus by working too hard. And that place is where work becomes a problem, when it distracts you from the one that you are working for. Now, if we look at the context of this passage, it's pretty understandable why Martha is doing what she's doing. She's the eldest. She's responsible for the home. She's the hostess of this event. The guests, they're in her care. There are many, many people that are likely to be in her home. And one of those people is Jesus. We're told that Martha opened her home to Jesus. So she does actually want him there, even if the passage maybe doesn't seem like it. She wants him there, but she's kept at a distance from him by the preparations that have to be made. So of course Martha's busy. Of course she is. There's an expectation on her as the host, especially the way that this culture saw the importance of hospitality and of welcome. Maybe we read this story and see Martha as the one who sticks out like a sore thumb. But really, she fits right in when you consider the context. She fits right in. But it's actually Mary, the younger sister. It's Mary who's different. It's Mary who's defying the social norms of the time and the cultural expectations of this event by sitting at the feet of Jesus. By sitting and listening to him, Mary is taking up the posture of a disciple as she listens to a rabbi teach from this position. Mary is the one who sticks out as a woman who is not serving in this moment. Martha is doing what she should be doing, busying herself with preparations of food and of drink. It's likely, really, that people aren't really going to notice anything out of the ordinary in Martha's behavior. To the guests, Martha may appear a little busy, but overall, I think that she would be appearing so incredibly gracious in how she puts everyone first, that she is so unselfishly facilitating everyone else's evenings and actually their encounters with Jesus. She really, really looks like she is working from a place of complete servant-heartedness. But we see that's not the case as this passage continues and as Martha's mood starts to unravel. There's a resentment that is building up within her. You saw it when I banged that bowl down, right? There's resentment building up in her. There's a burden that she feels as she believes herself to be the only one who really seems to care about the course of this evening going to plan. 
There's a jealousy that comes to the surface as Martha looks and sees her sister seemingly doing very, very little to help the success of the evening. And Mary also, maybe more infuriatingly for Martha, probably appears incredibly calm, incredibly content, and incredibly present in the presence of their guest, Jesus. The opposite to what's going on for Martha. In her serving, whatever it looked like on the outside, Martha's heart is not right. She isn't working out of her worship. Her hard work has distracted her from knowing the one whom she serves. Martha is missing all that her sister Mary is experiencing. She's missing the luxury of having the person of Jesus in her home. I wonder if we relate to that. We have Jesus in our lives, but there's too much in the way for us to experience the luxury of his presence. It's not that the other things in our life, it's not like they're not important or they're not commendable. There's definitely a time to work and to serve. But in this moment, Mary knows what's the most important. She knows what her time needs to be taken up by, and that's Jesus. Now, we don't know what Mary has done already to help with the preparations, but I think we can assume that as kind of part of the hosting household that Mary helped before Jesus arrived at the house. But when he did arrive, when Jesus arrived at their house, Mary, she had the ability to stop. She knew that she had to put down the work and to be with Jesus She shows that being with Jesus is something to pursue ahead of everything else. Now, I am a younger sister, like Mary, uh, and there are certain stereotypes, aren't there, of of younger siblings that I actually do fulfill in in lots of ways. Um, If you're a sibling, you may well, if you're a younger sibling especially, you may well relate. If you're an older sibling, um, have a think about your younger sibling um, and don't get annoyed with us, okay? Please, please. So younger siblings, we get away with a lot, don't we? Generally, we get away with more than our older siblings do. We often get given more stuff than our older siblings do. And I'm generalizing here, but stay with me. We are probably slightly more unhelpful and maybe careless than our super helpful, diligent older siblings. If Nicole's watching on the live stream, that is actually true about my sister. But maybe that's a perception that Martha has of Mary in this moment. That, you know, oh, she's the younger one. She doesn't care. She's lazy, whatever. But here, Mary isn't being the careless younger sibling. She may be being unhelpful in Martha's view, but Mary has actually discovered that sitting at the foot of Jesus is more important than any of the preparations, no matter how badly they may need to be made. Mary's not careless. She is dependent on Jesus. She's dependent on his teachings, on his words, and on his presence. Her posture in front of Jesus, even that is one of humility and of trust. Martha, on the other hand, she is dependent on herself. In this situation, it's about what Martha does. It's about what she can do, that she needs to do well. Her reputation in front of Jesus and the other people, it matters too much to her. 
She needs to work hard and she needs to be seen doing so because she's depending on her own abilities for what she needs. In Deuteronomy, it's written that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the Father. In our passage, Martha busies herself with earthly things, with things that are important, yes, but they're not going to sustain. Things that are good, but aren't God. She's trying so hard to live on bread alone, and it's not going well. Mary, however, she is experiencing the nourishment and the sustenance of being with Jesus. She's seeking life in the words of her father, knowing that she can't live on bread alone, but that she should seek everything that comes from above. She's seeking God when Martha is just seeking something good. But as Mary is seeking to be with Jesus, Martha snaps. She just snaps. She's had enough. But even if her judgment is maybe slightly off, I really love that she comes to Jesus and is honest. Martha comes to Jesus in her frustration and her hurt, and she's completely honest about what she wants Jesus to do. And I think we're allowed to do the same because he can handle it. He doesn't do what she tells him to do, but I love that she asks. Martha begs Jesus to care about the fact that she's doing all the work alone. He cares, but he's not going to tell Martha, he's not going to tell Mary, sorry, to change what she's doing. Martha says to Jesus, tell Mary to help me. Tell Mary to help me. And I kind of wonder what she was expecting him to say to her. Or what was she expecting him to do? Was she expecting Jesus, this guy who's been turning situations upside down for his entire ministry, to order Mary to leave his presence and do exactly what was expected of her? To stop learning from him and to start making the evening perfect in worldly terms with perfect food and perfect drink and perfect service? That's not the type of person that Jesus has shown himself to be. We've seen that over the last few weeks. He'd much rather have Mary, Martha's time than Martha's perfection. In response to Martha's demand, Jesus lovingly calls Martha's name. I imagine that she's quite hard to distract from either a pot that's about to boil over or something that's going to burn in the oven or whatever, but, but he calls her name twice and he gets her attention and they enter this stunning moment of discipleship with one another. Jesus sees her worry. He sees that she's serving out of anxiety, out of empty rather than grace and an overflow. Jesus sees that really her desire is for approval and for perfection, but it's disguised as this desire to serve. Jesus speaks to her gently. He lets her know that he sees the stress and the worry. He lets her know that he sees what's going on in her heart. He sees more than just a busy hostess or an annoyed sister as she appears on the outside. As Jesus says to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. He's acknowledging where she's at. 
And then as he says, but few things are needed, indeed only one, he redirects Martha to himself. He sees where she is in that moment and then he redirects her back to let go of the many things that are in the way so that she can take notice of the one important thing to be in his presence. He kind of prizes her away from the distractions and then points her towards him as a place of rest. Jesus draws us too to a place of rest and to a place of worship where then our work can become rooted to be filled with the Spirit before we work, to sit at the feet of Jesus and enjoy his goodness for what it is, for all that it is, and then to work for him as an overflow of our worship. And honestly, as Martha probably found in our passage, working from worship is so much better than working for the sake of working. It just changes the game. Colossians 23 and 24, um, sorry, that's not even the chapter, they're the verses. Um, They say this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Paul reminds us to work hard. We don't want to just sit at the feet of Jesus forever. That's really keeping Jesus' goodness for ourselves. We want to work hard. We want to work with all our heart, but we don't want to forget who we're working for and why we're working. Martha was working for Jesus, but she forgot the beauty of being with Jesus and of knowing him. I want us tonight to hear the love in the voice of Jesus as he says Martha's name twice. As he says, Martha, Martha. And of course, he is talking to this particular woman in this actual situation in the specific village of Bethany in the first century. But I believe God wants to also speak to where we are now in Winchester in the 21st century. Just as he said, Martha, Martha, I would love you to imagine the Lord calling your name, calling you back to him when you've become distracted when you've burnt out, when you've worked from a place of people-pleasing or success-seeking, when you begin to resent others for enjoying Jesus because you feel like you've got way too much to do to stop and sit at his feet, when stopping and sitting and worshipping Jesus actually feels more difficult than to keep plodding on in the work you do for him. In each of those scenarios, just imagine him calling your name just as he calls Martha and saying, you are worried and you are upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. He's calling you gently but lovingly back to himself as the true vine to remain in and the rock to stand on and the king to place our worship in. We are called to both sit and serve. We don't either be a Mary or a Martha. We are called to sit and serve, but how we serve Jesus comes from how we sit with Jesus. 
And if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm sure there's so much that you want to do. We want to see people be brought to freedom and we want to be involved in that. We want to see revival and we want to see unity in our church and we want to see the unloved be loved. We want to see people come to know Jesus. There is a lot to do. There's work for us to do for each of the dreams that we have, whether that's in a job or within our family or with our friends or as we give our spare time in so many different ways. There's work for us to do, work that has us joining in with what God is already doing to bring his kingdom. But the things that we want to see in our world and things that we want to do as part of God's mission It starts with us sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's the beginning. It starts with surrendering to him. Else you're going to burn out. You're going to be resentful. We start by humbling ourselves to him. We let go of what we think we can control. And we learn from him through prayer and through reading our Bibles. We begin by carving out time to spend with Jesus and actually sacrificing other things in order to do so. Martha had probably left a lot of stuff undone when Jesus called her, but she had to just turn away and turn to the better thing. It is then, as we sit at the feet of Jesus, that we begin to serve cheerfully, as Psalm 100 tells us to do. And I think we can all think of times where we haven't served cheerfully, And I wonder if a part of that is that we haven't served out of an overflow of the worship that we are giving to Jesus. Jesus' presence is where we begin. The promise of Jesus is that we can come to him, all those of us who are weary, all those of us who are carrying heavy burdens, and he'll give you rest. That's the promise. Jesus promises that he is gentle and humble in heart and that in his presence we will find rest for our souls. You can't work without rest. In our trust and our humility, knowing that we don't have to earn a seat at the feet of Jesus, but instead that we are invited and welcomed, then we are called to embody the words of Psalm 46, to be still and know that I am God. In one of his hymns, it's called Lo, I Come With Joy. Some of you might know it. Uh, Charles Wesley rejoices in the beauty of work and worship, of both serving Jesus with our lives and also living to spend time in his presence. These are the words that he writes about work and worship. Lo, I come with joy to do the master's blessed will. Him in outward works pursue and serve his pleasure still. Faithful to my Lord's commands, I would still choose the better part. Serve with careful Martha's hands and loving Mary's heart. And that's, that's my prayer this evening, that like Mary, we would choose the better part and that we would serve Jesus and serve those around us with Martha's careful hands, knowing that we can both sit and serve as workers and worshippers of Jesus, whose presence we long to be in each day, to be filled up for the work God has called us to. Amen.